This is Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. The coronavirus has upended the markets, forced quarantines, and the lawsuits are just beginning. Joining me is Bloomberg News legal editor Peter Jeffrey. It seems like the coronavirus opens up the possibility of almost countless lawsuits. It does, and they could be suits brought against companies, against governments, against individuals, against officials. In fact, there's already a lawsuit that has been filed against the um, U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary, Alex Azar, claiming that this is from San Antonio, that the government bungled it when they allowed a woman who had been on the cruise ship where there was an outbreak of coronavirus to enter the general population. They tested her twice. She tested negative. And by the time they got the third positive test result back, she was already out in the community. So San Antonio has sued um, the Trump administration. Has the Trump administration had any response to that? Are they going to start making sure that people have at least three tests before they're allowed to go back to the community? I haven't heard that as a policy change. I think at this point, probably the administration has bigger worries on its mind than uh, the odd lawsuit, which doesn't mean that there won't be, you know, formidable litigation. But then again, it's really hard to sue the federal government that is trying to manage a pandemic response. I mean, politically, they may suffer if they don't do it right. And so far, there have been some problems with consistency of message. But in terms of successfully suing the federal government over this, it it would be a high bar. It seems, though, what they want is immediate action. So perhaps filing the suit itself will make something happen. Well, in fact, uh, there was an example where it did. So Costa Mesa, California, found out that the federal government was going to transfer as many as 50 people from the Diamond Princess, that was that cruise ship where hundreds of people tested positive, to a former mental health facility in Costa Mesa. They went to federal court and sued to block that transfer. And at, at a certain point, the government said, you know what, the quarantine period has lapsed at this point anyway. So it was sort of a moot issue. But they did seek, and if I remember correctly, got a temporary restraining order blocking the government from sending those people over to that facility. Another suit that's been filed is the pilots union at American Airlines. Tell us about that one. The union said that the airline should not compel its members, the pilots, to um, fly to China, uh, that it would be endangering them. And so they, uh, they brought suit against the airline. And um, the airline and other airlines have since negotiated with various unions on places that they, uh, they are canceling flights anyway. So that's still working its way through. Let's talk about some suits that could happen. So suppose an employee attends a conference or a business meeting and gets coronavirus. Can the employee sue the employer? So at that point, it's perhaps less immediately a matter of litigation than it is preventing litigation. For example, the employer first has to worry about whether they want to put that person in harm's way, whether they want to allow international travel, and already there are companies that are beginning to restrict it. Then the question is, if you're going to greet a returning employee from Iran or Spain or China by imposing a quarantine on them, well, then there's the question, what are you going to ask them about? Are you going to ask them where they were, how their health is, are they coughing, do they have a fever? At some point, you're crossing the line. You're breaching the privacy of the employee. So employers have to be very careful about that, too. 
In the uh, Bloomberg story, it says that businesses are scrambling to see if their insurance policies cover disruptions caused by the virus. What kind of disruptions are they worried about? The global supply chain, that's where this comes into play. And of course, in the last 10 or 20 years, we've seen a tremendous reliance on the global supply chain. Often the endpoint is China, which was the original epicenter of this outbreak. And so, you know, manufacturers that are waiting for their vendors to deliver supplies could sue them saying, where are the supplies? We're waiting. And then the question is whether a concept called force majeure comes into play, where the defendant says, look, I'd love to give you your supplies, but I can't. I've got factory shut downs by government fiat in China. I, I simply can't come up with it. The typical business disruption you would expect to see in a contract with an insurer, for example, would have to do with, say, a factory burning down. But an epidemic that then prompts a provincial Chinese government to shut down a factory um, can you really compel your insurer to pay? Right now, a lot of manufacturers are pouring over the fine print to see whether they're covered. And we spoke to an expert who said a lot of them are going to find out they're not. Really? So then that would mean that there would be insurance litigation ahead? I think there's going to be a ton of insurance. I mean, there's insurance litiga litigation every day anyway over the question of whether this or that mishap or, or even disaster uh, will bring forth tens of millions of dollars of indemnification. But now you've got what is shaping up to be of the possibility of a pandemic. Uh, and if it does, we're going to see an even greater amplitude and even greater possibility or potential for that kind of litigation. There were a lot of complaints that people were being quarantined on the cruise ships. Tell us what you know about that. It must have been a bit of a nightmare for these 3,000 passengers on the Diamond Princess, which is a Princess Cruises ship that was docked off Yokohama in Japan. Uh, 600 of them tested positive. Quarantine was imposed. And now there's a struggle because uh, the Japanese, I think it was the health minister, testified to parliament that it was up to the captain of the ship to decide what to do. And Carnival, which is the uh, Princess Cruises parent, company said, look, we were in the port of Japan and we had to follow Japanese rules and it was clear to us that we had to quarantine these passengers rather than let them loose into the general population in Japan. We spoke to a lawyer who said it was a really, really tough call because you're you know, between a rock and a hard place. Do you force this quarantine on the passengers and concentrate the spread of the virus on the ship? Or do you um, introduce them to a much larger population and take a risk of infecting those people? Plaintiff's lawyers may be having a field day with this. What suits have you heard of that are a little off the beaten track? Well, there was one suit that is seeking class action status on behalf of people who counted on Purell <laughs> to work for them in avoiding sickness, and they say that it doesn't. There is If you can get Purell. If you can get Purell. I can't get it now. I, can't I was looking either. for the 60% alcohol, which I was, you know, I've learned is the threshold you need. Um, there is another suit in which a medical staffing company is suing the Department of Homeland Security's Immigration Services Agency, saying, look, you're not processing the H-1B, that's the highly skilled foreign worker, visas fast enough. We really need to get skilled foreign medical personnel into this country to help with the virus response. And so they're, they're suing the government because they say they're dragging their heels on the, uh, the H-1Bs. Thanks, Peter. That's Bloomberg News legal editor Peter Jeffrey. I'm June Grosso, and this is Bloomberg.